Welcome to the Kerwin Baptist Church broadcast today. Our desire is for the Word of God to be spread throughout the world so that all may know Christ. Join us now for a portion of one of our services here at Kerwin Baptist Church, located in Kernersville, North Carolina. Notice in Matthew chapter 21, look at verse 1 if you would. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find. And, and you understand today, um, God has words that are not wrong, that man has made wrong. And just for sake of that, I am going to, obviously, and I think we all understand each other, but um, I'm going to use donkey, if that's okay with you. I don't want to offend anybody, and I wouldn't want maybe a young person here uh, today to take away and, and abuse that. I think you all understand that. So I'm not trying to change God's Word, but unfortunately we're sinners, and we have made some Bible words into bad words, and you understand what I'm saying. So in verse 2, that Jesus sent His disciples, and straightway ye shall find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, or Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee meek, and sitting upon a donkey, and a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the donkey and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is <clears throat> this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you. And Lord, we need your help today as we try to explain God's word and explain, Lord, the importance of it <clears throat> to help our people have a better understanding of not only who you are, but how great you are. And we love you, Lord. Thank you for the good music today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This particular instance is covered in Luke chapter 19, John chapter 12, Matthew chapter 21, where we read just now, and then in Mark chapter 11. What is interesting is that all four of the, of the Gospels here kind of give a little bit different pieces here and there about what happened that day. I've often said this, and let me explain it again for those of you that might be different, that uh, if you've ever been, like if you uh, come out of our church, go right here to Tally's Crossing and turn left and just stay on that. There's a way where you can uh, turn another left. But if you just stay, you'll end up right downtown in Kernersville. And many of you have been there. It takes you about 30 minutes to get through it. And uh, if you get down there... There is a main intersection. Y'all know what I'm telling the truth, don't you? There's a main intersection right there where bitterly it's the town square. It's right there in the center. And that's the heart of Kernersville. And there's obviously four corners uh, right there. I, uh, one time with my wife, was in the, um, uh, New York City. And they have a, uh, a block, a square in New York City. And I've stood there where there is a Starbucks on each corner. I mean, 15 steps away. There's four of them. It's just crazy. But anyway, let's just say we're at an intersection 
And let's just say that maybe any three of you and I would choose myself and we're all standing at a different corner. And let's just say we're standing there on a nice day and all of a sudden here comes two cars coming from different directions there at the intersection. And all of a sudden there is a fender bender or a wreck or something like that. And let's just say that all four of us were standing at different things and that happened. Do you understand that when the policeman talked to all four of us separately, we would all have something different to say? I mean, it's the exact same wreck, the exact same this, but I saw something for this direction that maybe that person didn't see from that direction and maybe I noticed a detail that that person didn't notice and so that's why a police officer gets everybody's input. That's what the Gospels are. The Gospels literally are an account of the ministry of Jesus. And there are so many angles and there are some things that Luke saw that, that maybe Matthew didn't and, and, and vice versa and you understand that. And so many stories are recorded in all the Gospels so that we can have a full picture of what's going on. There are some words in these accounts that I want to pick out if I could and explain to you. And these are what I would, there's six of them, but... These are words, and there's more, but these main today, just, just six words that I want you to understand are so important for us to understand in what happened here that day. The first is the word colt. Now, obviously, in Matthew 21, verse 2, and we just read that. You have that there in your Bible, and uh, these verses will be up here too. But Matthew 21, 2, he said, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find a donkey. And that word is colt also, tied, and a colt with her. This is just talking about different ages and different things of, of a donkey. That's what this all is. And he said, Now this is what I want you to go get me, and I want you to bring that donkey to me, and I am going to ride on that donkey. And that's what Jesus wrote in in his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Now, why is this so important? In case you didn't know, I know many of you do, but we want to make sure we understand it. This was a direct fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy in Zechariah chapter 9. Now, in verse 9, it says this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, Thy king cometh unto thee, he is just, and having salvation, lowly or humble, riding upon a donkey, and upon a colt, the foal of a donkey. Which is literally, the colt would be the child of a donkey, is literally is what he's talking about. So, all the way back in Zechariah, this was prophesied that this is how the Messiah would enter into, into Zion, or Jerusalem. So, this is a fulfillment of that. What does this thing of colt or donkey, what does it mean? It is literally a sign of peace. You say, why is that? Well, it was very common in biblical times that important people or kings would literally arrive in a procession and maybe some of their constituents would be riding on horses. Even some of those that would be lower than them in rank would ride in on horses and even chariots. But the political leader or the king would arrive on a donkey. And he would do that to show, I come in peace. Listen to me. The fact of this word cult means that he is a king of peace. First, he came in peace. Second, he offered peace. 
Can I read this verse to you, John 14, 27? Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That means that this king of peace, as he arrived that day and literally was coronated that day, it means that I came in peace and I offer you peace. May I say that nothing has changed in that today, folks. If you don't know the Lord... He is offering you peace. It doesn't mean you won't have problems and it doesn't mean you won't face difficulties, but it does mean that you can have peace in the midst of it. It means that no matter what I face, when Jesus is my Savior and I have put my faith and trust in Him, I can have a peace that passes all understanding, the Bible says, and, and if nothing else, to know that for an eternity, I will spend an eternity in heaven with Christ. Dear friend, that is peace that money cannot buy. He came in peace, he offered peace, and by the way, he is peace. The Bible says he is the prince of peace, a king of peace. You know what's something, dear friend, that Jesus doesn't cause peace in our day and time. He didn't cause peace in Bible times. Everybody says, well, Jesus, you know, everywhere he went there was peace. No, there wasn't. I mean, the name of Jesus is a divider. Because everybody loves somebody until a person says, this is the only way. And our rebellious fleshly spirit that all of us have begin to buck up against that. Don't tell me what I can and can't do. Don't tell me you're the only way. And today there are still literally political uh, warring. There's, there's territorial warring. There's spiritual, religious warring all over the name of Jesus. And I'm here to tell you that day when he came in, he came in as the king of peace. He didn't come in to fight anybody. He didn't come in to hurt anybody. He came to offer peace. But man rejected him. Number two, I want you to notice in verse 4 of Matthew 21. There is a word there that kind of explains to us why this Palm Sunday is so important. Look at verse 4. The Bible says, All this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying... Notice this word, fulfilled. Fulfilled. It means this, that literally this was foretold as we read in Zechariah chapter 9 that Jesus coming in that day as a king of peace literally meant that he was also a king of promise. It had been foretold, it had been promised, and he was the fulfillment of it. Now there is a word called filled. And then there is a word called fulfilled. What is the difference? Well, if I had the guts today, this is new carpet, so I'm not going to do it. But if I had a glass right here, and I poured water in that glass, and that water came right up to the rim of that glass, that glass would be filled. But if I just kept pouring water... And that water came up, hit that edge, and then began to spill over and run down. That glass would be fulfilled. When Jesus came, he didn't just fill a promise. He fulfilled a promise. Do you know what the word fulfilled means? It means crammed. It means he's offered us life more abundant. It means that Christ so loved the world. 
Dear friend, I'm here to tell you, he's a king of peace, but he's the king of promise. Said he would come, and he did. God said the Messiah was coming, and he did. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of people that make promises that don't fulfill those promises. They don't fill them or fulfill them. But any promise God's ever given has been fulfilled. Notice the third thing, if I can. You're like, hey, this isn't bad. We're on three already. Okay. This comes from John chapter 12. Now you can turn to it or you can just notice the screen on. John chapter 12 obviously is John's account of this. In John chapter 12 verse 12 it says this, On the next day much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Notice these two words, palm trees. Palm trees. Now, other accounts, obviously, in in Mark and Matthew, they'll say branches. But obviously, here in John, we're told that specific detail that they were palm branches. And and this is kind of the common word. This is what kind of everybody knows about. And the palm branch literally represented goodness and victory. That's what a palm branch represented. And it was symbolic, literally, of the final victory that Jesus would win over death. Of course, half that crowd didn't know it. But as Jesus rode in on that lowly colt, that donkey, and as he came in as a king of peace, and as he fulfilled the prophecy and became a king of promise, in this palm tree he became the king of power. It literally showed that he was victorious. Now, he hadn't proven it yet, but by faith, it's already done. When he rode in, listen to me, it was as good as if it was already done, that he was going to be crucified, that he was going to die, that he was going to be buried, obviously, in that grave. But on the third day, he would rise again. He's a king of peace. He's a king of promise. Third, he's the king of power. Nothing has changed, folks. He is still the king of power. As folks laid down those palm branches as a sign that he was victorious, I am here to tell you that he is still victorious today. I don't know what needs you have. I don't know what problem you're going through. And I don't know what miracle might be needed in your life. But dear friend, you can read self-help books till you're nuts. But I am here to tell you, Jesus is the one with power. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 says this. Notice, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The king of power. Notice the fourth word in John chapter 12, where we're here also in the same verse, verse 12. And this word is used in other gospel accounts, obviously. The Bible says, On the next day much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took these branches of palm trees, as we've just read, and they went forth to meet him and cried. Notice this word. Hosanna! Now, preacher, why is this so important? 
when the people shouted Hosanna, they were basically hailing Christ as king. They were honoring him. They were worshiping him. They were blessing him. But do you know what the word Hosanna literally means? It means save now. Oh, save me. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was out in the swimming pool, my legs began to cramp up, my arms began to cramp up, and the older I get, the more that seems realistic. That's why I keep weight on, so I'll float. That's why what's, what's, what's going on. You've heard of anti-theft devices. This is an anti-seeking device. That's what, that, that's what this is. Some of you are like, he was real spiritual, and then he just throws stuff in like that. He's very confusing. But if I was drowning, I don't think I, I wouldn't go, Hosanna! Hosanna! Somebody nearby is like, he's calling Anna. Where is she at? I don't know. I would yell, save me! Throw me a donut! You know, like the, 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 you know, the round, like you... I know what you do. You start throwing Krispy Kremes at me is what you do. <laughs> Save yourself. Yeah. This is what caused this. Yeah, I know. I know. As Christ came in, little did those people know as they were worshiping him that they were literally saying, Save me now. That's what Hosanna means. You know why they yelled that? They thought, oh, Jesus is going to set up a kingdom here on earth. He's going to become the king. And little did they know how he was going to be king. He wasn't going to conquer a kingdom. He wasn't going to conquer a continent. Jesus conquered sin. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. He was a king of peace. He was a king of promise. He was a king of power. But as they yelled Hosanna, he became a king of purchase. He saved us. And he has saved you now. Dear friend, if you're here, you don't have to go to lunch today wondering if you're going to go to heaven. You don't have to go to lunch today like, well, you know, I don't know if maybe that's something that I could do or if it's something that's even an option to me. Oh, listen to me. He has saved you now. It's available. Don't leave here without knowing. Matthew 21, 9 says this. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. This is the account of this. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Number five, I want you to notice this word. You say, well, this seems kind of redundant, preacher. Look at verse 13 of John chapter 12. It's on the screen. Hosanna, blessed is the king. I want you to notice that word king. You say, well, you've been saying king of this and king of that and, 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 and king of peace and king of promise and king of power and king of purchase. Well, why would you use the word king? But notice verse 13, what it says. Blessed is the king of Israel that cometh how? In the name of the Lord. He was a king of position. This wasn't just a man riding in saying, I'm king. We got plenty of those. 
We do that sometimes too. All of us at times in our marriage, we act like we're the king. All of us have relationships and things that we put ourselves in a position and we're the one that self-proclaim ourselves to be in charge and be lord over people and, and treat people condescendingly and all that. Hey, listen, the, the earth is full of people that act like king. But Jesus came in the name of the Lord. He had the rightful position to be king. Dear friend, I'm here to tell you, he is king not because you make him so, but because he is so. Look at me, don't get confused. Preachers sometimes, they'll say this phrase, you need to make him Lord of your life. Or you need to make him king of your life. And dear friend, I think what they're trying to mean is that, listen, you need to put him in his rightful place in your life. But dear friend, he, you don't have to make him king of your life. He already is king of your life. You just need to acknowledge it. We need to act like it. But, but listen to me, dear friend, that's not how you get saved. It's like, okay, I'm going to take you, Jesus, and I'm going to put you, you know, head over my life. He already is head over your life. He, he holds our breath in his hands. He already is king. He comes in the name of the Lord. He has the position. We don't have to give that to him. He's already in it. Last, in Luke, leave it to the doctor. To notice some details that nobody else noticed. Luke chapter 19, verse 41 of this account. I want you to notice last, number six today. And there's other words I could point out, but I want you to understand what was going on on Palm Sunday. Look at verse 41 of Luke chapter 19. And when he was come near. Now imagine this. Jesus tells his disciples, I want you to go find me a donkey. I want you to bring it. The Bible says those disciples put their garments on top of that donkey and Jesus sat on that. And as he went down towards Jerusalem, people heard that Jesus was coming and they cut off palm branches and they began to lay them down. And as Jesus obviously entered into Jerusalem, that here he comes, the king uh, obviously of peace riding on that, on that donkey. And here he comes, the king of promise, as it was foretold. This is exactly what would happen when the Messiah would come. And as he comes in, literally riding over those palm branches, a sign that he is a king of power. Literally, as they cry out, Hosanna, it means that he is the king that will purchase their soul, even if they didn't realize it at the time. And he came in the name of the Lord, and he was in rightful position to be king. But look what, in verse 41, as he was coming near the city, the Bible says, when he came near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, if thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. As this was getting ready to take place, Jesus was riding down, looking at the city. And he began to weep. You say, preacher, why? Well, obviously, what he was getting ready to do was out of love, not just for those people, but for you and me. But are you listening? The very people that day, as he rode into Jerusalem, that were yelling out, Hosanna, we love you. Your king, in less than a week, would be the very people spitting on his face, would be the very people yelling, 
Crucify him. And he wept. Isn't it a shame that the very people he has died to save would turn on him that quickly? In less than a week. Can I give you one better than that? There's been times in my life I've turned on him between a Sunday morning and a Sunday night. There's been times in my life where I came to an altar and made decisions and said, Lord, you're going to have to help this God. I've got this. I know you've laid this on my heart. And before I even came back to church that Sunday night, I had already gone back on that commitment. Same guy that was here, go, Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. It's the same guy that went right back. Am I the only failure here? Oh, dear friend, listen to me. He wept out of a heart of compassion. You say, what does it mean as he wept? It meant he was a king of passion. You've seen the titles for movies and things, The Passion of the Christ. Well, dear friend, I'm here to tell you, he wept because he cared. And he cares for you. And he loves you. And it doesn't matter what you've done and how you've turned your back on him. And maybe even if you have made promises to him that you went back on. And maybe there was a time in your life where you're saying, Hosanna, worshiping. And now we're so far away from Christ. It doesn't matter today. He'll forgive you. He loves you. I'm here to tell you as he triumphantly entered into Jerusalem. He can today triumphantly enter into your heart. He's the king of passion. He is the one leader you will find that really does care. He's God. He has rightful position. Let's bow our heads and pray today. This Palm Sunday means a whole lot more to us than we realize it is us acknowledging Jesus, your King. Jesus, you're the King of peace. You're the King of power. You're the King of purchase. You're the King of position. You're the King of passion. Oh, dear friend, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior... On a snow day of all days. Wouldn't it be great to let him triumphantly enter into your heart today? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I want to ask you a question today. With nobody looking around. If you're here and you would say, preacher, I would love it if you would pray for me today. Lord's been dealing with my heart and I don't think deep down I know for sure that I'm on my way to heaven. And preacher, I would love it if you would pray for me today and I would never embarrass you. Wouldn't do one thing like that. I just want to know how to pray. If you're here, preacher, pray. I just don't know for sure that I'm saved. Would you, would you raise your hand quickly up and right back down just so I can pray for you? Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Preacher, just pray for me. I'm just not sure that I'm saved. Just pray for me. Anyone else with these uplifted hands? 
for those of you that raised your hands, thank you for being honest with me. You got to understand that every one of us that have been saved had to admit it at some point. We had to raise our hand too. That's what's required. We've got to admit, realize we're sinners. We've got to believe what the Bible teaches that Jesus came, died, rose again. And then it's just a matter of putting our faith and trust. You say, but I've never seen Jesus. That's what faith's all about. It's believing, although you haven't seen. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Lord, I pray you'd bless those that raise their hands. Lord, bless Christians all over the building. Lord, I pray today maybe they would find a place at an altar to just thank you for being a king of power in their life, to thank you for being the king of peace in their life. When everything around is unsettled, you can bring peace. Lord, maybe there would be some Christians find an altar to say, God, thank you for being a king of passion. Thank you for caring about me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being personal to me as king. Thank you for listening today. We hope you received a blessing from our broadcast. The Kerwin Baptist Church is located at 4520 Old Hollow Road in Kernersville, North Carolina. You may also contact us by phone at 336-993-5192 or via the web at kerwinbaptistchurch.com. Enjoy our services live and all our media on our website and church app. Thank you for listening to the Kerwin broadcast today. God bless you.